artificial intelligence. We know that AI is going to impact a lot of industries and the way we work. Do you know how it is already and will in the future impact us marketers, entrepreneurs, and business owners? If not, you really need to listen in to this next episode of the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. Digital, social media, content influencer, marketing, blogging, podcasting, vlogging, TikToking, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SEO, SEM, PPC, email marketing. Whew. There's a lot to cover. Whether you're a marketing professional, entrepreneur, or business owner, you need someone you can rely on for expert advice. Good thing you've got Neil on your side. Because Neil Schaefer is your Your digital digital marketing marketing coach. coach. Helping you grow your business with digital-first marketing, one episode at a time. This is your digital marketing coach, and this is Neil Schaefer. Hey, everybody. This is your digital marketing coach, Neil Schaefer. Welcome to my podcast. I know a lot of you are longtime subscribers, but if you are new or have only listened to a few episodes, my mission is really to help educate and empower your digital content influencer social media marketing. There is not one specific niche that I cover because all of these are important pieces to the puzzle in leveraging digital and social media marketing as a strategic engine for growth. With that in mind today, we are going to talk about artificial intelligence in a very broad way, but we're also going to get into the specifics of how it can impact your marketing. I think of AI as one of these emerging technologies similar to Web3 that will impact the way we work, the way we do business, obviously the way we market in the future, but there are things that we should be doing now. And in fact, until today's interview with a special guest, I didn't realize how quickly this technology was evolving to the point where we can be using it in our everyday life as a marketer or marketing our business. So today's guest is Paul Reitzer. He wrote the brand new book, Marketing Artificial Intelligence, AI, Marketing, and the Future of Business. This book is literally coming out the week where uh, this podcast is being published. So I was very fortunate to have an early copy of it. I highly recommend it. And I think after listening to this interview, you will want to go out and buy it as well. So today, it's less about specific, actionable, and tactical advice. It's more about taking a step back, looking at the bigger picture, and then figuring how to best make use of this technology in our business. So without further ado, here's my interview with Paul Reitzer. You're listening to your digital marketing coach. This is Neil Schaefer. Paul Reitzer, welcome to the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. It's great to be with you. I appreciate you reaching out and and having me on. No, can't wait to talk about something that I have been involved with, although on a smaller scale. Um, Those of uh, you that read the, The Age of Influence, my own book, the final chapter was on how AI is going to impact influencer marketing. I wrote this back in 2020. So I've always had a personal interest, and I know behind the scenes, machine learning, AI, Uh, whether we know it or not, is being utilized by more marketers and businesses. So let's take a step back. We're going to talk all about that in a bit, but I guess I'm not going to ask you where it all started, Paul, but (laughs) how did you start getting involved? You've written a few books before. How did you start getting interested in this concept of AI and marketing? Yeah, it actually did start right after the first book. So the Marketing Agency Blueprint, which I wrote in 2011, 
that was the year IBM Watson won on Jeopardy. And it actually started for me as a curiosity of what is that technology and could it ever be applied to what I was working on in marketing? And specifically at the time, I was trying to solve marketing strategy. And so I was, when I came out of college in 2000, there was like five ways to spend your marketing dollars. There was advertising, trade shows, you know, print ads, direct mail, whatever. By 2011, there was like 5,000 ways to spend your marketing dollars. And so I had become convinced that the human mind was incapable of optimal strategies and budget allocation. And so I actually just started with that hypothesis. Well, what if you could use whatever this Watson technology is? I did not understand it at the time. What if you could use it to do marketing strategy and budget allocation? And I then read a book called Automate This by Christopher Steiner in fall of 2012. And he told the story of intelligent algorithms, you know, being used in Wall Street and logistics and transportation. And I was like, wow, the, like Wall Street in particular, 60% of all trades were being made by machines with no human interaction. I thought, well, there's way more variables in making a trade than there is in, you know, spending $10,000 on ads. Like that's a way more complex industry. Maybe you could use it. And that just then started my multi-year journey to understand what exactly was it? Uh, could it be applied? I wrote about it in 2014 in my second book, kind of like you, like theorizing what happens when AI gets applied. But it wasn't until years later that we actually started really being able to explain it, started the Marketing AI Institute to share what we were learning and see if other people were as curious as we were. <laughs> That's very cool. And wow, you were very, very early on. I think even um, Christopher Penn wrote a book about AI and marketing, but even that was back in like 2020 or 2019, right? Yeah. So yeah, you were you were talking about this while we were in our uh, virtual diapers. And <laughs> it's very interesting. This is going to be a little bit different, but uh, one of the clients I work with as a fractional CMO is in quantum computing. Yep. Every those industries that you talked about, there's almost a, this parallel I see with the industries that are using quantum computing. I know I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit, but do you see that impacting AI and marketing or is that still way in the future? Way in the future is okay. an understatement. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, quantum computing for people who don't know what that is, like basic premises, all computing is like zeros and ones. It, it is or it is not. In quantum computing, the theory, theory and, and practice, I guess now is they're able to build these things is it can exist to both, as both a zero and a one. And so computationally, you can, in theory, do massive compute power that could be used for everything from breaking encryptions to figuring out marketing budgets. But it's still a very early development thing. And AI plays a role in enabling you know, quantum computing. But yeah, I, I follow that industry with a, a level of curiosity, not quite on par with AI. And um, there is a race. I mean, there are people, I mean, Google, IBM, uh, Honeywell, believe it or not, is actually one of the, the leaders in that space. But yeah, I don't, I don't think marketers need to like really be building a quantum computing strategy uh, anytime. All right. Yeah. Sorry for, sorry for geeking out there. <laughs> no, I, I talk about that stuff all day if you want it. <laughs> so let's, let's take a step back. Yeah. And this company is actually working on quantum computing in the cloud. Yeah. So it's a really, really cool uh, area. Huge potential. Yeah. yeah, but let's take a step back. So Watson, and when I wrote this chapter on AI and influencer marketing, Watson, correct me if I'm wrong, is more about like like the language of natural language processing and and even like Jeopardy, like you know, sounding like a human. Correct. So to me, I immediately think of marketing of AI generated content, which we're starting to see a heck of a lot of these days. On the other hand, we have the trading algorithms and then just figuring out, well, I have a thousand dollars a budget. 
what keywords, what's what you know strategy per keyword, very applicable there. Were, were you like drawn to both worlds, or or um, immediately you first saw it with budget optimization as being the first use case scenario? Yeah, I was definitely very focused on an individual use case, which in this case was, I want to get 500 leads next quarter for this client. How do I do it? And rather than me, the human thinking about the things I knew in my limited capacity and knowledge and education, it's like, what if I had the world of data in front of me and, and knew what had worked for thousands of other companies? What if I was HubSpot and I had 50,000 customers at that time and I could anonymize all their data and I knew behaviors? Could I predict what I should do to drive leads. And at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, a AI is language, you know, GPT-3, people hear a lot about that. It is vision technology, like Dolly 2 was a big thing in April. OpenAI released Dolly 2, which could generate images. It's deep fake videos. It's like all these things you hear about, but at its core, machine learning is the primary subset of AI. And what machine learning does is it takes data in, inputs, and it makes predictions, generates outputs. And those can be, Netflix, like recommending a show. It's predicting what show you want to watch based on behavior. It could be Google Maps recommending or predicting what route to take. It could be Surrey or Alexa actually using natural language understanding to ask what you're or to understand what you're asking. But then its response is a prediction. It's predicting that this is what you wanted to know. And so when you think about prediction, it has thousands of use cases across marketing and sales and service. It's literally what we what we do as marketers when you step in, back and think about it is we make micro predictions all day long. What's going to get them to open the email? What's going to get them to click? What copy should I use to drive the conversion? Like everything we do is trying to predict behavior or outcomes. And then you actually start to realize all the potential that AI has to transform what we do every day. So it sounds like just taking a step back and trying to not not dumb it down, but look at the, the practical application for the listeners. It all begins with having a data set. Is that yeah. a correct assumption? So if you don't have a data set, you almost need to create a data set. Yeah, potentially. I I try and teach people like I wouldn't think of data. Data is an essential element of making AI work for you as a marketer, but it is not necessarily an obstacle. And what I mean by that is many of the solutions you would buy. So let's say you go buy an email subject line writing tool. Like let's say you're in a company that says 100,000 emails a month and you're trying to write the most optimal subject lines to generate opens. You don't need 200,000 of your own emails as data necessarily. If you're a small business, you wouldn't need to have sent those 100,000 or 200,000. The company that has built the solution can learn from the millions of emails its customers have sent and anonymize that data. So if you're MailChimp, for example, and you want to offer email subject line writing as a feature within your platform, you can learn from all of your customers' data and look at open rates. And you can say, okay, should when I'm offering a promotion, should it be a dollar off or a percentage off? Like that's that. They have the data to answer that question. They can recommend that to you. So depending on the use case, you may not need your own data. You might just need to work with a vendor that has built software on anonymized data from enough people. So does a lot of the advice on leveraging AI then come down to the tools that you use and seeing how that data can be added to that tool for you to use? Or... Are, are we at the stage now where companies, large enterprises, obviously, like the IBMs, they, they have the resources to do it. But is there any way that that companies might be DIYing um, their AI efforts or is it always going to be with already established tools that are leveraging AI? 
Yeah. So the way I teach people to get started, and you, again, you listen to this right now and you can get started 20 minutes from now. Like you do not need to be a machine learning engineer or data scientist to do this stuff. The fastest way to do it is take out a spreadsheet on Google Sheets, whatever, Excel, and make a list in column A of all the tactical things you do in a day, a week, or a month. So it could be writing email subject lines, figuring out what blog post titles to write, writing blog posts, sending emails, whatever it is. Then have a column that says how many hours a month you spend doing that. Then a column on what tech you're using to do it. Then a column on how much that tech costs. Then a simple rating scale, like one to five. Five is this would transform my life if AI could do this thing for me or help me with it. One is, and eh, it wouldn't be a huge thing. It's only an hour a month. Take all the things you would give a five and then go to Google and say AI for subject line writing, AI for blog post titles. Go find someone who has built a tool to do that thing. The other thing you can do is to your point, Neil, go to HubSpot, go to Oracle, go to Salesforce, whatever platform you're using and say, what? What features do you have that are using AI that are smarter than the features I'm using now that can save me time and money? Again, you don't need AI. You need smarter tech that saves you time and money and makes you better at your job. It just so happens AI is what makes that possible. <laughs> so like, but you may have features within your existing platform you're already paying for that you're not even using. Like lead scoring is a great example. Like you may have lead scoring technology uses machine learning baked into your CRM and you might not even know it. Yeah, you know, you bring up a, a, a topic that I'm really passionate about because I've, I've been involved in marketing technology and I used to run a show called the Social Tools Summit and talk with a lot of technology vendors. And it's like, you have the data. You can tell me when are the most effective times to post on what day of the week based on right. all of your clients. Why don't you make my life as a marketer easier by exposing that data? So I guess what you're saying is more and more companies are starting to do that. And are we at the stage where it's like AI for influencer marketing, AI for whatever marketing channel, are we at the stage now where no matter what marketing related keyword I put in, is there a tool out there or is it still developing as we speak? It's still very early. So the, there are, we track about 2000 venture funded companies wow. that are building AI tools uh, in marketing and sales. Um, okay. About, about eight to 900 of them have more than 50,000 in funding. So I would say venture funding is probably more in the, just under a thousand, but more, more than 2000 that have funding of some degree. And they're building tools because to build AI, you build it through a very specific thing. You don't build AI that does all the things marketers do, all right. email functions. So you may find a solution. Now, influencer, it's going to be pretty limited. I know some interesting tools in that space, but like PR and communications, it just tends to be a little behind. But if you're looking in the big players like advertising, e-commerce, personalization, like if you're playing in the realm analytics where it's a little more advanced, maybe more dollars tend to go into those areas of marketing, then absolutely there's going to be a collection of tools. Then what you need to do is be able to figure out, we always say is all AI is not created equal. Just because you look at three platforms that do content intelligence, which is basically helping you figure out to write by using AI tools, mm -hmm. they're not all created equal. And you're going to have to be able to drill in and ask some different questions. But again, the way I tell people, it's just smarter tech. So if you don't understand any of this stuff, you can get ahead by just saying, I do this 12 hours a month right now. Here's the seven steps I take to do it. If I buy your software for $100 a month that you claim is using machine learning and natural language processing, what will my monthly task list look like? Is that 12 hours now one hour? Is it six hours? Like, And is it better than what I was creating? Like, what, it, what does it look like when I use this? That's what you really need to answer for yourself. So I guess one, you know, and, and it's funny because not every technology vendor 
necessarily promotes it as being this automated machine learning AI. I'm just thinking of an example that I found out about recently, a, a tool called CellZone. Mm-hmm. CellZone comes from SEMrush, which is a big SEO uh, software tool. CellZone is for Amazon marketing, but they have an Amazon ad tool where instead of you having to manually every day looking at the record, it'll, it'll automatically set it for you. It's a set and forget. It's a perfect example because anyone that uses the Amazon ad platform, probably every day or every week, whatever it is, they are going in there and adjusting those ads, uh, that, you know, the budget uh, and the bids, and this does it. So I guess that would be one example that you would recommend. I'm wondering, you know, in the ad world, I see a lot of these, you know, like Facebook ad uh, automated tools. Yep. And it's more like if this then... It's not leveraging all the anonymous data. It's only specific to, well, if you get five likes in this post, we'll boost it. Or, you know what I mean? So I'm wondering how far, in terms of leveraging an anonymous data across clients, how far are they, have these tools gone? Or are we still at that sort of if this then automation of your own uh, data? It, it definitely depends on the vendors. Like, I mean, Facebook's algorithms don't exist without AI. Like, they, they can't, I mean, there's rules in there. That it's not like it's all AI. But they can change weights and stuff. But generally speaking, like, you know, that's the thing is like marketers, if you use Google, if you rely on Google in any way, you're using AI like (laughs) that platform doesn't exist without it either. So the big players, what they're doing isn't possible without it. Amazon's another example. So it's so infused into what they do, into their culture. I actually the first chapter of our, our book that's coming out, it's dedicated to Microsoft, Google and Amazon. And they're two decade long adventure into AI. Like this is not new. They've been working on it. The, what's new is the leaps forward that were made starting in 2012 when deep learning really came onto the scene. And what that is, is there was for, for years, going back to the 1950s, basically, there was this theory that we could teach machines to think like the human brain. You'll hear this like neural networks, as you'll hear this called. And so in 2011, 2012, this guy, Jeff Hinton, wins at this computer recognition um, competition, ImageNet, using deep learning and coined it to be called deep learning. And that's when all the big players realized like, oh my gosh, what we've been talking about in academics for five decades might actually be real. We can commercialize this. And there was this massive land grab for AI talent. Jan LeCun goes and builds Facebook's AI research lab. Microsoft builds a research lab. Google goes and buys DeepMind, like just massive hundreds of billions of dollars getting thrown around. That's when the race really started. So 2013, 14, when I was just starting to write about it, all of a sudden language AI started getting better. Virtual assistants started getting better. Google search started getting more predictive. Language generation, understand. All these things really happened in the last eight years. So to answer your question in a long form, the reason that most of these techs are still relatively new and it is not seamlessly infused into everything that us marketers do is because the current generation of AI and what it's capable of doing is generally about three to five years old. And so most of the best stuff lives in the big platform companies. And it's now being diffused down to these VC funded companies because people are leaving the big platforms and building specific solutions like a you know language generation tool. That makes a lot of sense. I want to shift a little bit to your book, Marketing, Artificial Intelligence, AI Marketing, and the Future of Business. So what is the official release date of your book? June 28th. Okay. So I, I got an early uh, copy that. Thank you very much. You and I just want to, just <laughs> looking at the table of contents for those that don't have the ability to, to buy, well, you can buy it pre-order, you should, that you talk about all these different areas and AI, advertising AI, analytics AI, and, and you know SEO and AI, social media marketing and AI. I guess from the 
you know, the small, medium-sized business owner or marketer that's listening to this podcast, where are the three areas that they should start focusing on saying, hey, now is the time for AI in these three areas? And it's really going to benefit you. I mean, above and beyond that exercise in terms of where you're spending your time and and how do you automate? Are there you know are there a few areas that the, you think right today in June of 2022 that we should be laser focused on as marketers? Yeah. So from a business outcome perspective, I always tell people AI does two things: it accelerates revenue or reduces costs. It can do both. But like if you're you know, as a business, if you want to do either of those things, AI is a vehicle to do it. When you get into the specifics of marketing personalization is a lot of times the big one everyone looks at. So everybody talks about personalization. And then first name and company name in the email is not personalization. Like those are tokens. Personalization is, I know the last 10 things Neil read. He's opened 75 marketing emails from us over the last two years and visited 75 pages on our website. No human marketer is going to dig into that CRM data about Neil and figure out how to customize the next email to him. It's just not going to happen. And if you have 100,000 or 200,000 contacts, you're never going to truly personalize the experience for them. The chat experience when they get to the site that already knows their customer and knows the objection they ran into via email earlier that day, like true knowledge base about the individual. So you can personalize the experience, remove all friction and drive the greatest possible outcomes for your business and for them. That is like, the thing that's really hard to do, but every business talks about personalization. The other for me is prediction. So again, predicting churn, predicting conversions, predicting um, what action they're going to take next. Those are critical and those can be across a lot. Of, and then the last one is creativity. AI is getting very good at language understanding and generation. GPT-3 is a major player. Google just came out with their own thing. Microsoft is investing billions. It's like language is going to be a massive area. And then creation of images. I mentioned Dolly 2. Google two weeks ago just released one called Imagine that does the same thing. You give it a text prompt. It creates an image in the style you want. I don't know the future of stock photography. I don't know the future of illustration, graphic design. Like I really don't know what those professions will be. My wife is an artist. And the day I saw Dolly 2, I went down. I was like, Thank God you don't illustrate children's books for a living because I, I actually don't know that that's something people will do in the future. I think the machine does it. And I'm not bullish. Like, I'm not saying I'm, I think this is good. I'm just stating facts. Like, it's getting really good and it's going to start taking things from us that we think are uniquely human. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My 15 year old son was interviewing me for a history project at a school. And he's like, Daddy, tell me about some of the jobs you had when you were young. And I said, I, I was, I, I worked at a company. I was a paper filer. I took invoices and I had to put them in files and put them in the folder cabinet. And that is something that is no longer necessary, right? And, and I think over time, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good thing. But we re reinvent ourselves. And I see a lot of artists that are getting into the NFT space. And you know, we, we find different ways of leveraging yep. our, our, our capabilities. So, so cool. Personalization, predictability. And uh, I lost my and creativity. So very cool to look out for. And I know like with me, when I use stock photo, yeah, I'm not, I'm looking for like an emotion and a subject matter. It doesn't, you know, I could see AI generated imagery as fulfilling my need, right? As a marketer. Yeah. Obviously for certain types of content, you might want that personal touch. You might want it taken by a photographer that you know, or that's well-respected, but I totally get that. So very, very cool. We've sort of talked over some of the areas to look into. What are some of the pitfalls 
or the issues of how maybe marketers are misusing or maybe abusing this AI technology? I mean, first comes to mind is that you assume it's magic and it just works, that I'm just going to go get some AI. And I mean, I no, no, no joke, 2018, I had somebody come to me and said, how much would it cost? And I said, money's not an issue. How much would it cost for us to put AI on everything? Like just AI, all of it. And I was like, do you know what that means? And he goes, no, but I know it it's, does that stuff. Like what do we got? A couple million? Like my whole marketing team, my whole marketing budget. And I was like, yeah, we're not there, man. Like that is not how, how this works. So I, I think we created this marketer to machine scale. And I do talk about this in the book. AI doesn't go from zero to fully autonomous. Like you're not buying technology that removes the human. Like if anyone's been in a Tesla and you use the autopilot where it drives itself, the human's still there. The human has to be able to take the wheel if things go wrong. Uh, the human controls everything. Every 30 seconds, you got to put your hands back on the wheel. The human is fully in the loop. It's level two out of level five in terms of autonomous driving, but it's amazing. Like it's phenomenal technology and it changes the driving experience. That's where people have to set their expectations. You don't need, we ours goes from level zero to level four. Level zero is all human all the time. Level four is don't need the human. Level four doesn't exist. Level three doesn't really even exist. But level one and level two are amazing. If you can get AI tech that can be an assistant to you, that can augment what you're capable of doing, free you up from the repetitive data-driven test, that can be empowering and fulfilling to you as a professional. And I think if you go into AI thinking about it that way, that is an assistant. It is there to help you and recommend things to you and, and develop drafts of social shares and ads and copy, like not write the thing for you, then you can have an amazing experience with AI. So Paul, it sounds like what you're saying, obviously we had the big platforms invest, the technology is old. Now we have new VC funded companies, people leaving the big companies start. So it sounds like we're at the stage where if you're a marketer, you need to sort of understand and keep an eye on this because it can really have an impact on your business. How much you can leverage right now depends a lot on the need, the scale of, of your, your budget, obviously, and a lot of other yeah. things. But it's almost like Web3. We don't know where it's going to go, but we know it's important and we need to sort of like keep an eye on it. Obviously, AI is probably a little bit more developed than that. And it's it just something that if we want to be smart with our marketing and invest in our future, we need to be on top of it now, which I assume is why you created the AI Marketing Institute, which I'd like you to sort of share what that's about. Yeah, the, the the marketing institute is basically just a media and event company and education company. So we just created a bunch of kind of we've written like 900 articles. And the whole idea was try and make this stuff approachable and accessible to, to everyone if they're an intern to the CMO. And by demystifying it, get rid of all the jargon and just like, this is what it is. This is what it does. Here's how you can use it. Here's you can get started. Here's a bunch of tech you can use. And so that's really, I mean, the middle section of the book you were talking about, it goes through each category of marketing and says, here's how it's being applied in advertising. Here are sample use cases. Here's seven technologies you can go check out to like really understand this stuff. And that's how we try and approach it is we just teach people how to look at it. Now, at a higher level, I, I just wrote something, I think it was like two weeks ago, and we did a podcast on it. I wrote a, a, a post called The Future of Business is AI or Obsolete. And what I've come to truly believe is that there will be three kinds of companies in the near future. And in the near future, I mean, like maybe five, maybe 10 years, like it's hard to say. One is AI native. Someone's going to look at every business model and say, I could build a smarter version of that. They're going to find inefficiencies in that business. Take marketing agencies. I had a marketing agency for 16 years. If I were building an agency from the scratch today, I could obsolete most agencies I've ever known because there's so much inefficiency in the way agencies are run. And so you find smarter ways to build everything into it. So AI native is I'm building it from the ground up with AI. AI emergent is 
I'm an existing company. I'm going to find smarter ways to do everything. I'm going to get better, more efficient than my competitors. And they're not going to be able to keep up with me. And obsolete is everybody else. So <laughs> people who don't think this is real, don't think you can actually apply it. That's cool. Like just wait five years because then it will be infused into everything. And AI will be emergent within all these different technologies. And you'll be five years behind the people who are already at 60% profit margins and efficiencies through the roof. And like, that's what AI makes possible. And I, I think that that's what's going to happen in every single industry is you're just going to have AI native and AI emerging companies, and they're going to be the ones that dominate the industries. That's really powerful advice. Uh, I think you've opened a lot of eyes through this short little interview. Paul, is there any other advice you'd give the listener that maybe we haven't covered up until now? I just said, you just got to be curious, like find the thread within AI that is interesting to you. If it is you're an advertiser, then find the thing in advertising you can test and try. If you're a CEO or a CMO or an entrepreneur, like find the part of this that is intriguing to you and just go take a course, go read a book, go listen to a pod, like just do the next thing. This stuff doesn't make sense right away. This one podcast isn't going to solve this for you. Um, we do an intro to AI for marketers live class every two weeks. We've had like 4,000 people register. We've done it 11 times. So that to me is like, just, we created it for that exact reason. Just like, just spend 30 minutes on this stuff. And I promise you will find something you can actually act on and then just start building on that. Don't flip a switch. Like I'm all AI all the time. Just do the next one thing that'll prove to you the value of it. Awesome. Well, obviously, uh, you should all have your AI thinking caps on now. You should be going to Amazon or wherever you buy books, looking for Marketing Artificial Intelligence uh, by Paul Rotzer with uh, Mike Caput. And um, Paul, thank you so much for sharing your your experience, uh, your expertise, your advice with us. Outside of buying your book, obviously, where can people go and find you? Yeah, I'm, I'm really active on LinkedIn and Twitter would be the two for personally. Like I love people connect on LinkedIn. Let me know. You heard the podcast. I, I love to hear from people there. And and tell me about your AI journey. Like I, I love the learning journey. So what we're trying to do is like help people along that. So reach out on Twitter, LinkedIn, and then marketingaiinstitute.com is the main site for the uh, organization. Yeah. And I just want to uh, remind the listener, I, I you know, I had heard about AI and stuff. And that that chapter I wrote, that was with a, a company called Open Influence. And they were showing me how they could really predict how influencer marketing campaigns would perform based on all that data. Uh, and it was I extremely accurate. So, um, yeah, just it, this is not something that's 10 years from now, as you said. And yeah. it's good to hear that there's a lot of technology and investment uh, that's going into making this more accessible. Because I believe that AI is going to make all of us smarter, more effective. And it's going to help us do more value-add strategic things. So I, I, I'm embracing it and I hope everyone listening does. I know you are as well, my friend. So yeah, I hope yeah. everybody listening does as well. <laughs> All right, Paul, well, thank you so much uh, today. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing uh, uh, everyone buy and review your book on Amazon. Thank you, Neil. All right. I hope you enjoyed the interview. And yes, I did geek out a little bit. For those of you that might have remembered, I was the co-founder of an event all about marketing technology called Social Tool Summit. So uh, it's very exciting to see a new generation of AI-infused tools that, as I mentioned in the interview, are going to make our lives easier and are going to give our businesses a competitive advantage. So your homework for this episode is to buy a copy of Marketing Artificial Intelligence and go through the different tools that are mentioned in those different sections. Find one or two that meet your needs and see how that can simplify and make your business life more competitive as well. I'm going to put the links to all these things in the show notes. Once again, if you are new to the show, I hope that you'll hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Uh, I do 50% you know, thought leader interviews, 50% solo episodes. 
And if you are a frequent subscriber, I'd really appreciate if you could head on over to the podcast player of your choice and write a little review. Mention what you got out of the show, maybe your favorite episode, maybe some feedback on what you'd like to hear more of. I would really, really appreciate it because guess what? I am staring at a wall in my home office while I record this podcast. It can be quite lonely. And just knowing that there is someone on the other end that is listening and actually engaging uh, is really the fuel that, well, it's the fuel for my passion of continuing to do this and to educate and empower. So thank you again for listening. As always, make sure you keep your eyes on the goal. And until next time, this is your digital marketing coach, Neil Schaefer, signing off. You've been listening to your digital marketing coach. Questions, comments, requests, links, go to podcast.neilshafer.com. Get the show notes to this and 200 plus podcast episodes and neilshafer.com to tap into the 400 plus blog posts that Neil has published to support your business. While you're there, check out Neil's digital first group coaching membership community if you or your business needs a little helping hand. See you next time on Your Digital Marketing Coach.